Hey, Debrief listeners, thanks for joining us for our special episode of Favorites, where we took our favorite clips from the last year and compiled them into one long episode. And don't worry, if you like any of the clips or you want to go back and watch the episodes, you can find all the episode specifics in the description. Let's jump in. All right, Christina from Bellflower. Hey, Christina. Um, there are so many different Bibles available to choose from. How do you know which Bible is best to begin with? There's KJV, CSB, NSB, NIB. I don't know. NIB is. Maybe she means NIV. And many more. I'm wondering what the differences are. Yeah, so there's tons of translations. And so here's the sad thing is, is uh, publishers like to come up with translations because they don't want to pay royalties to others. Oh. So that's why. So like in my, I just finished my book Yay. on Monday. So what I do is I use multiple um, translations because if you use a certain percentage of one translation in your book, you have to pay a royalty. Oh, wow. But if you mix it up, you don't. So if you're wondering when you read my book, why does he keep bouncing around with all, it's because I don't want to pay a royalty to the NIV or to, I don't know if no. anybody owns the King James. Uh, the, the new King James is owned by somebody, but hmm. um, yeah, so, so there's, there's, uh, what I would say is all the translations are great. I think the King James version is the least great mm -hmm. because it is, it's, it doesn't, it's not based upon the best manuscripts. So we've found more manuscripts. We have earlier manuscripts than we did several hundred years ago when they translated the King James version. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people think the King James version is, you know, the only authorized version. It wasn't even the most popular version. So um, there was a there was a huge push in the 19th century to push uh, the Schofield Bible. Anybody that's like into the rapture, anybody that's a, um, uh, what do you call it, into dispensationalism. So the Schofield Bible, they, they worked really, really hard, raised a lot of money to get those Bibles mm -hmm. into the homes of people in America. And so that's why so much of the theology, um, so who mm -hmm. believes that? If you saw the Jesus Revolution, I mean, that's the Schofield Bible, mm -hmm. um, you know, people that that have identified, you know, the end times in a very, very specific way that mm -hmm. comes from that. But the King James version became, um, popular for two reasons, because it was given free to people in the West and we are very poor. So I tell people all the time, if you want to know the history of America, racist, illiterate, and poor, mm -hmm. those are the three things that you need to understand. So all of our kids understand the racism, but they're like, I don't understand why people didn't stand up and March. I'm like, they didn't have time to protest. Yeah. They were poor mm -hmm. and they were going to starve. Mm -hmm. and that's why they had 12 kids get to work, sweetie. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they, they just, they just couldn't make it. And it was, it was, it was rough. Um, out here, but it was racist. It was poor and it was illiterate. So the school system in America started to use the King James Bible because it was the only book people had in their homes. And so they started to use the King James Bible because if you, you know, we just think of books like, Oh, just take a book home. Right. But it was the only way kids could study at home because the only book that they had in the homes. And so that's really where the popularity of the King James version came up. I personally like the Christian standard Bible. Hmm. Um, I think it's fantastic. I think they do a great job. I actually didn't agree with one of the ways they translated a passage in first Corinthians five twelve. I wrote a note, they changed it in the updated version. So yeah, I was like, Hey guys, that's, this is not what this means. Um, and so you got to know that so all translations are committee. Yeah. So they're, they're sitting in there a committee and you know, every, every translation committee has a theology. I, th I think that's right. a challenge, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, like when the, the, the TNIV came out, you know, there was a lot of thing Well, they're getting rid of, of, you know, the male pronouns, but like, for example, this verse, there's so many verses where it's really problematic. If any man would come after me, well, what about you? Yeah. Right. So it needs to be translated <laughs> if any person. Mm hmm so, that, so there are times where we need to have a non-specific gender pronoun. It, it is, yeah, person's not a pronoun. What is person? 
because he, her is a pronoun. So, but, but where you may, you need to make it gender neutral because the audience needs to understand that they're include, they're inclusive. And so, you know, people get really upset about that. I do think God, God's pronoun should remain he, because, uh, not that God is a he, but because Jesus calls him father. Right. And so people are like, why, why does God have to be a man? And I'm like, well, Jesus said, so I, I just go, yeah, I just, right. I'm like, look, man, if there's anybody who knows what God is better than me, it's Jesus. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with him and I'm not going to fight Jesus on calling him dad. I'm just yeah, not. And right. so, um, and, and it's not because I think men are better. I mean, Jesus tells, uh, the woman at the well that God is not a man, he's spirit. Mm-hmm. So, so God is not, does not have right. genitalia. He's not human. Yeah. Right. He's not a human. He is spirit. And so that's important for us to remember, but we are to, um, Look to him as a father because men carry um, a portion of, of who God is that is to be respected and revered. And that's just right. important. Women uh, carry a, a portion of who God is to be respected and revered because you have the ability to create life. Mm-hmm. Men don't have that. Right. And so we, we seem to understand that, that, that it's a beautiful thing. So I would say the Christian standard Bible, the, the version I have is the Holman standard Christian Bible. Mm-hmm. The new one is better, the CSB. And that's the one where I, I, I wrote the one. note and said, and you know, it's funny when you read new, uh, New Bibles, I find errors in them all the time. It makes me feel so good about my book um, <laughs> because there are, there are errors There's- all in my book. And um, but you know, just just certain things like you know, instead of and, it'll be a n. You, you just find mistakes. And I'm wondering if AI Chat GPT will change that because it will be way better at catching yes, stuff mistakes. than yeah, than, than human stand- beings. I just bought a Christian Tony Evans Christian Standard. Bible. Study I, I, so, Bible. Yeah, so I love the CSB. Yeah. Um, I would like, I would love one day to partner with CSB to write a real Bible, real Bible study, and um, That'd be awesome. Yeah, I think we could do that together. So that this is right in front of me. For those who are watching, this is the um, the the Holman. Holman Christian Standard Bible. So now they just call it the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible. They dropped the Holman. The whole Holman is the the publishing, but it's it's the latest manuscript evidence. What I love about it is is hmm. any. Any verse that's um, uh, challenged or has a problem, they they put they bracket it, and then they're going to tell you right below, you know, what the problem is. This is not in some manuscripts. This has been changed. Right. This could be translated this way or that way. Um, you know, they they give you the variation. So when you're in committee, uh, let's say there's ten of us and seven of us want to translate it this way, and then three don't. What they do is they tell you what the three the dissenting opinion was, and it's never like this versus black versus this versus white. Right. It's the difference is this versus black or, or this it's dark gray. That's mm-hmm. going to be the difference in the translation. It's not like there, there's no verse. It's like says Jesus isn't the son of God. Right. So, so don't <laughs> think that it's, it's exactly what is he saying? What is the context? So the question we had earlier um, about the swords, that's one of the bracketed texts. When you read that in, mm-hmm. in the gospel of Luke, Jesus tells them to get two swords. Um, and they said, we have two and he says, I think in the, in the Brahmin Holman, it's, uh, that is enough. Hmm. It can be translated. That is good. Or, or you have done well. So they're not exactly, Jesus is affirming something. They're not exactly sure, sure how he's affirming that. And so, you know, there just are some things in the Bible and there are some words guys like, uh, do you know what Noah built the ark out of? Does anybody know? Pitch gopher. Yeah. <laughs> gopher wood. So, so what is gopher wood? I have no idea. <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> wow. N- nobody knows what, what go. So, so what is gopher wood? That's literally, uh, the, the consonants are G V R goofer. <laughs> nobody, nobody knows what that is yeah. because the, he- the Hebrew language <laughs> ceased to exist in 200 AD. Oh, wow. So it just, they quit, they quit using, they started speaking Greek. So, um, it's not until, 
really after Christians and, mm. and we start exclusively speaking Greek that the Jews are like, okay, the temple's destroyed. We've got to go back and really start Preserve working something. on the Hebrew again. Um, but, you know, it's just like, like, um, are any of you guys uh, an ethnicity? I mean, I, I know you're black, but are you anybody speak a language? No, no, we're all just you know, lame Americans. Well, no. But like, a, like, a, like a lot of people, I was out to dinner last night with uh, um, some Chinese uh, church members and I asked them, I said, can you speak Mandarin? And they're like, oh yeah, of course. And I was like, why do you say of course? I said, a lot of my Chinese friends can't. Hmm. Just like a lot of second or third generation Hispanics speak yeah, zero speak Spanish, right. Spanish. And, um, and so that's what happened with, you know, with the Jews is, is Hebrew was a language where, okay, yeah, you could read the scriptures, but how do you buy groceries? How do you get a job? Yeah. How do you work? And so it just kind of fell out of favor. And then especially when they translated the Bible into Greek, it's called the Septuagint. They just started using it exclusively in uh, Greek. And so just so you know, um, you know, Jesus, Paul, the disciples would have been most familiar, not with the Hebrew version of the Bible. They would have been familiar with the Greek version of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And there are some differences. So, um, so th they're all great. The translations are great. Um, I hate it when, you know, pastors, you know, and I do this, I'm just as guilty as this, you know, make a big deal about the original language. Um, <laughs> and, and no pastor that you will ever meet is going to be as good as a committee of linguistic sure. scholars who have dedicated their life, not to preaching, but to understanding every nuance. They means, know the yeah. history of the word. They know all of that. And so I, you know, I like the CSB. Um, I preach a lot in our church out of the NLT. Mm -hmm. And so the NLT is unique because they believe, um, like I do that the early Christians did not read the scriptures. They heard them. Mm. So the Bible was not written to be read. It was written to be heard. And so I love the NLT because it, it, uh, communicates well to the ear. Mm -hmm. And so some people say, well, it's not literal. Well, sometimes literal is really hard to understand its meaning. Uh, and it's, it's why I don't like the King James, because when you give the King James, then I have to translate the English to you. Yeah. Like you don't even know what the English right. word that right. I'm using is. And so now, now that's, now I'm doing a whole nother step that I don't think needs to do, but some people are King James only. They're all about the King James and it's just their tradition and, there was a movement in the seventies when the, um, the, 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 what is it? The living Bible was translated. The amplified Bible came out mm -hmm. and the NIV came out. There was this, this like reaction, this mm -hmm. negative reaction, which is so hilarious because do you know why we have the King James Bible? Because guys like William Tyndale died, were burned at a stake so it could be translated from Latin into English. Mm -hmm. But then they're like, Oh no, now it's frozen in time. I mean, we just keep, <laughs> we just keep doing this. And it's like, look, man, we need to update the language to so that the people can understand because language is dynamic. It's always changing. It's not frozen in time. It's why when you you're a kid and you study Shakespeare, you're like, what? Wait, what? What do you say? Right. Well, because English has changed, mm -hmm. and so yeah, yeah. These are great questions. Thank Thanks, you guys. guys. <laughs> we don't have any questions by up. guys. R oh, we did it. No, no mail questions. McKay's looking at me. Pastor yeah, yeah. Matt's Let's looking do one at more. Me. Let's right there. do one more. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. As he's coming up, uh, so this is my good friend Tyler. So his wife is actually here, Stephanie. Stephanie! Let's give her a hand. She did. Yes. One hundred ninety-nine. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Episode. Yeah. So uh, Stephanie started the debrief with me, and uh, Thank you, I'm so grateful. So this is why I love Stephanie. So she was actually, I, th I think, my assistant at the time, and we were sitting down to record, and I said, "We need a, we need a feminine voice," mm -hmm. and she was the only woman in the room. So I said, "I was like, I, you guys should." I said, "Just jump behind the mic." And she was so great. And so let's give her a hand. Yay, you are awesome. Stephanie. We love you. Yay, Stephanie. Woo! Um, okay. Uh, my question, 
it kind of ties in with the last one. And I work in a very uh, <clears throat> male uh, field, mm-hmm. and uh, I've come to see the decline of men wanting to be in church, be a part of church, um, especially with my age group, millennials. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm just wondering why that is and what I can do, what we can do as a church to change yeah. that. That's great. Amen. Thank great you very much. Question. Uh, so I think that um, it's a direct result of the feminization of culture. Um, it's just a reality. You know, we, we've forgotten what men are. Tammy and I were watching The Bachelor the other night, and the guy had hair on his chest, and everybody's like, ooh. <laughs> I'm like, that's what a man looks like. I don't know I don't know what you guys think, but I don't wax. You know, like, um, you know, and, and seriously, I mean, think about that. We, we're trying to make men look like women, and it's right. it's because, you know, there's a reason we say toxic masculinity, but we don't say toxic femininity. How many of you have ever met a toxic woman? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, I mean, boo. <laughs> um, both genders are prone to sinfulness. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I think that men get a bad rap. And so, ladies, you need to champion men. Mm-hmm. You need to be there for men. For a lot of history... Women got a bad rap. They didn't right. have a voice. They had no much authority. And here's what we always do. The pendulum swings too far. Mm-hmm. And so now guys don't want to get married. And why would they want to do that? Why would they want to step up and be a man and have a family when they're going to work hard and you can leave him and he loses half of everything he has because of what you did? That's our culture. Right. I prayed with a guy today. I can't be this specific. Um, I prayed with a guy today who literally got moved out of his house because his ex said it was his and the court just believed her Hmm. and he's out of his own home. Wow. And you know, I don't want to get any more specific than that, but that's ladies, you've been given a lot of power. You didn't have it, but now you do. And so what we need to say is we need to equally admire both men and women Mm -hmm. and celebrate both men and women. And what we have to do is we have to celebrate things about men that maybe make us uncomfortable. Um, you know, men, men, men get angry, but if we ever go to war, we're going to need a little anger, right? We're going to need a a little masculinity. You know, we can't have Lieutenant Latte, right? (laughs) Charging the front. Um, so in his skinny jeans, you know what I'm saying? Um, we, we need, we need real men. And so what we have to do is, uh, part of that ladies is being involved with the educational system and, and calling out feminism when you see it. Right. Boys aren't good at sitting still and being quiet. It's why it's why, you know, my grandchildren will probably have all female professors. Because men just aren't going that far academically anymore because they just they don't want to sit still. Mm. They don't want to play your games. They don't want to live life the way you do. And so we have to learn how to tap into that masculine spirit and say, look, it's okay." And I try, uh, Tyler to speak to men at our church. I think it's why Jordan Peterson's so powerful and so popular. I think it's why Joe Rogan is so popular. And I don't agree with everything that either of those guys say. I don't agree with everything I say. Um, (laughs) But what they are is they're unapologetically men. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, And what I love about Jordan Peterson is, you know, ladies, we've only talked about equity in the cool jobs. We don't talk about equity in the crap jobs. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we don't want equity in bricklaying. You know, Tyler's in construction, (laughs) you know. I mean, when's the last time you got a contractor and a woman showed up, so where are we going to put this bathroom, you know? (laughs) 
I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying it's rare. Right. It's extraordinarily rare. And men have to do difficult, hard jobs mm -hmm. that oftentimes involve death. Yeah. And we need to thank God for men that are willing to do those jobs. Um, and I think healthy, secure women want strong, masculine yes. men. We don't want... Lieutenant Latte. Yeah. You know, we, we, unless he's making your drink. And well, my <clears throat> husband makes me coffee yeah. almost every morning, except for this morning. What happened? No, I'm just kidding. But um, we, strong, healthy hmm. uh, women recognize their need for strong, masculine men. And I think when you rage against, I mean, it's, it, it's beautiful how God has made us complimentary mm -hmm. and we have to celebrate each other we yeah. have to celebrate i i don't want to lay bricks you're right yeah. and i don't want to run into war yeah. i will make the pancakes for when yeah. the men come back or whatever <laughs> yeah. and i am perfectly fine i don't want to run out there yeah we are either raised to be men or yeah, we're not that's true and so i think about i think about my grandfather um you know um i i have a i have a clip that's going viral right now um and where i talk about not fighting and somebody said something um, hmm. really disparaging about my grandmother. They called her a female dog. Actually, that was their post, which didn't offend me. I just laughed because I know who my grandmother was. Right. And you, your name calling doesn't impact who she was. Right. But let me tell you who she married. She married a man who lied about his age, who said he was 18, and he got on a boat, and he fought a country he'd never heard of hmm. to set Chinese people, Korean people, and Filipinos free. That's what he did at the age of 16. He was shot and he was wounded. My whole life he pointed at me without a finger <laughs> because as he charged a beach, he lost that finger. He was so maimed by a, by a grenade that they told my great-grandmother he was dead for three months wow. because his dog tag blew off onto somebody else. And he called my grandmother who had to drive, my great-grandmother had to drive to Auburn City Hall because they're the only one with the phone so she could talk to her dead son Wow. And he said, Mom, I'm not dead. My great-grandma passed out. That's a different breed of man. Right, come on. That's what I'm saying. That's a different yeah. breed of man. And, um, and, 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 and not just white men. There were black men right. who got on segregated ships to fight for this country, mm -hmm. this broken, racist country, but they loved it. Yeah. And, man, I, I just think... We, we need to raise men like that again. Mm -hmm. and, and we need to, you know, like we want everything safe. Ladies, God did not make us to be safe. That's why we're so thick-headed. Mm -hmm. He made us to be dangerous. And there's a part of us, and I, and I want you to think about that. When Adam and Eve sin, God puts a flaming cherubim in front of the Garden of Eden with a sword. Mm -hmm. Do you know, want to know why that is? Because Adam was badass. And you ain't keeping him out right. unless you put a powerful angel there with a sword. That's who Adam was. You ever think about who named a lion? Mm -hmm. Come here, kitty cat. <laughs> he did. You, you have no idea who you are as a man. And so um, we're talking about women because we're talking about the role of women. But what we need is strong women to call out men to be strong. Yeah, that's good. To call out. And... Um, and, and that's what we need. And, and to affirm our masculinity and to affirm that we are different. You know, I love my wife. I am not a woman. Right. I don't think like her. I don't process like her. I don't see the world like she does. I love her, and she gives me a different set of eyes. But I give her a different 
set of eyes. And, um, and you're right. If somebody breaks into our house, my wife doesn't want to be equal. She, she's like, you go die. You, yeah. you. Even for the bugs. Yeah, you're not this equal. head. You're that <laughs> head. Go. Forget the murderer, yeah. the yeah. cockroach. I don't yeah. want to be, you know, equal. Man, I felt the Lord on that. That yeah. was really good. Yeah, like, thank you. Like super, super, yeah. super good. Thank you for that question. Yeah. Seems like social media is overflowing with scary clickbait videos on the end times, and I'm tired of being caught up in the fear and urgency of these claims. Are there any words of wisdom you could pass on to people like me on the subject of the end times? Are there other sermons or books you would recommend for those of us who would like guidance in this area? Yeah, so everybody who's ever taught on the end times has been wrong. Okay. In, in, in the entire history of Christianity, not one pastor has been correct. Okay. So what are the chances? <laughs> so what are the chances that you're going to name the it? person you're listening to right now on social media? What are the chances that they're correct? Yeah. N- nobody knows. And, and let me just say this, man, for all these Christians who are. You know, we made a joke the other day. I, I love Babylon B, man. It 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 literally. I, there's two things I, I want in the morning before I read my Bible: coffee and Babylon B. Um, and I, the Babylon B's made fun of me, by the way. So yeah, yeah, it's fine. When I had Mark Driscoll on the podcast, yeah, they made they made fun of us, um, which is fine. You know, if you can't laugh at yourself, you don't know yourself. So, um, uh, what was I saying? You said you love the Babylon B. We're gonna talk clickbait on the end times. Oh yeah, yeah, and it just it had a, a picture of. Um, persecuted Christians in Asia praying for Americans because we can't go to Disneyland. And it was just like, <laughs> it was hilarious. And, and so here's the thing for, let me just, let me just, let me just put this out there for everybody who feels like this is the end times and you had to get the vaccine shot and that's the mark of the beast. What do we say? Was it 15 years ago? I, I don't remember. What do we say to those 21 men on the beach of Alexandria who were beheaded by ISIS because they were Christians. So to talk to me about what you're facing right now, mm-hmm. like just, I mean, help, help, help me understand how what you're facing right now is as bad as those dudes who all 21 of them got their heads cut off because they wouldn't renounce Christ. That was like, was it 10 years ago? Um, They're on the beach in orange suits. They, they cut their heads off. They were Coptic Christians. Coptic Christians have been persecuted for 2,000 years. 2,000 years. 2015. 2015. So get over yourself and, and your little latte violations and just understand the church has been hunted by the beast in Revelation, and that beast is not some future president. It was a real beast that was hunting a real church in Rome who were being burned Heads were cut off. Their children were being sold into slavery. Their lives were ruined because of their faith in Christ. The book of Revelation didn't just not mean anything until today. It meant something to the church in Rome, and they were being hunted by Nero. And 666 may have a number today. And by the way, you want my take on it? It's probably AI. It's probably chat GBT. That's probably, it ain't Trump, and it's not Biden. It's probably some... Here's what I think. I mean, I think that there's God created us in his own image and we send. I think we're going to create AI and it's going to kill us. That, that's what I think. I think when we try to mimic what God does, it's what destroys us. Mm-hmm. God gives us sex to create life. We do it our way and it, it brings death. God creates us. We create artificial intelligence. I, I, that's If 666 means anything in the actual number 666, that's the actual number in the Greek. If it means anything today, it's some kind of computer code. 
And it's probably some kind of convergence of artificial intelligence and human life. It's not your social security number. It's not, I mean, but I could, I, I'm probably wrong just like everybody else, but that's what I think. Um, you know, but, but all these guys, here's what they're doing. They're scaring you to build their church and build a following. Mm-hmm. They don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's clickbait. I, I listened yeah. to a pastor say this, and this is a famous pastor. And I actually like a lot of things that this guy does. He said, 100% Israel's at war right now. He said that last weekend, 100% Israel's not at war right now. Yeah. 100%. They are not at war right now. Like, you'll know when they're at war. Everyone will know. You're, you're not, you're not going to be, you're not going to need to put the pieces together. Yeah. You know, um, and so we, we just, we just got to understand. And, and, and some of these things, you know, well, how do we know when you see the abomination of desolation standing in the temple? I don't know how to be any clearer than that. You know? Yeah. When someone who makes them out, out to be God is standing in the temple. Okay. But I feel like that's a pretty good clue. Yeah. Like, and well, I don't know. So, so most of these guys are, are trying to scare you. Yeah. So, so are we in the end times? Yes. And we have been since Jesus left. Mm. The end times started when Jesus ascended to heaven. We're in the end game now. Yeah. This is the end game. And, and so why hasn't Jesus returned? Because one of you knuckleheads needs to give your life to Christ, and when the full number of the elect have been saved, he'll return. Specifically, by the way, the full number of the elect are of every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Zechariah says that there will be at least 10 people represented from every ethnicity. Why 10? That's the number to create a synagogue. Hmm. There will be at least 10 men from every tribe, every tongue, every nation who give their lives to Christ. Jesus Christ came to save all nations, Mm -hmm. all nations peoples, not just Americans who had a good run when everybody thought the way that we thought was the way. That's not what they think anymore. And we have got to figure out how to engage with culture. We have to make a better argument. We have to win. That's what the church had to do for hundreds of years. So we went from being hunted to converting the Roman empire, not because we won elections, but because we won hearts, we changed lives. And, um, you know, we're not going to change America by making a stand on abortion, adopt, help out single moms, do whatever you can to help women choose life. That's mm-hmm. how you change the world. Absolutely. That's how you change the world, you know? And so um, there's not one passage in the New Testament that speaks about abortion. But do you know that abortion was extraordinarily common in Rome? Especially if you were a little girl. Mm. So you have a little girl, right? I do, yeah. So, so if Tyler was a Roman, mm. he probably would have had you take your daughter and set her at the steps of a local temple to die on the steps. And you know who scooped her up? Christians. Mm -hmm. And they didn't care what color she was. They didn't care what ethnicity she was. And then all of a sudden, in 30 to 40 to 50 years, we have this church that's every tribe, every tongue, Mm -hmm. every nation. Because Christians didn't protest abortion, they scooped up unwanted babies. And they said, we'll raise them. We'll raise you. And that's how the church became so diverse, Mm -hmm. so incredibly diverse. Um, and, and it changed. And again, I'm not saying abortion's right. I'm just saying you don't change anybody by shouting that. Yeah. You change that by actually coming along women who find themselves in a difficult situation mm-hmm. and you say, we're going to love you and we're going to be here. And, um, and, and, and let me just say this change, really changing someone's life is hard. I just, I just finished my next book. It's called, um, um, everyday miracle. And, and one of my chapters is on, um, healing the broken heart. And, um, I, I have this friend, um, in my life and she's been my friend since we had this ministry called JC's girls. And if you want a good laugh, go back and watch that. Um, you know, but we, we didn't change many prostitutes. 
we didn't save many porn stars because it's really hard to change people. Mm -hmm. But this gal came out of prostitution and she was changed. And, and here's what I learned in that ministry. You can't just save women from that by proclaiming the truth. You save women from that by moving them into your home. Yeah. And my friend, she was moved into a home in our church, a husband and a wife. I, I, I want you to imagine Tyler telling you, we're moving a prostitute into our home. Mm-hmm. And it took 10 years, 10 years. And um, she hugged me for the first time at her 40th birthday. And you say, well, what's the big deal? She didn't want to be touched. Yeah. Male touch, dangerous, mm-hmm. even from her pastor. Mm-hmm. And um, she hugged me for the first time. And that's in, the, it's, it's, it's in my book on, on, on how to heal a broken heart. It took years, mm-hmm. years and years. Um, and she's still not healed. She's healing. Yeah. And, and so here's the thing, guys, is we, we don't change people by screaming at people. We, we change them by inviting them in our homes mm-hmm. and saying, I'm going to love you. And, and I'm going to I'm I'm going to I'm going to go through this life with you. I mean, that's why I love you so much, Steph. I mean, we've been together. I don't know how long. Yeah. Long time. So you were you were a kid when I met you, college yeah. kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not that you're old now. I'm not saying that. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, I've I've prayed with but you. I'm very you know, far from that. Yeah. Life. I prayed with you with tears, you know, when you mm-hmm. were like, I don't want to be single. I prayed with you with tears when you got married. <laughs> you know, I've, pr- I've prayed with you with tears, you know, um, you know, when you had kids, mm-hmm. I, I called you on Christmas Eve. Do you remember this? I do. Cause yeah. your mom died, you know, and, um, it was Christmas Eve, Yeah. but you're my friend and yeah. I love you and you guys can't tell, but she's crying. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't tell you I was going to yeah, say that, yeah. but why did I call you on Christmas Eve? Cause you're family. Yeah. And I, and I did not take a lot of calls that day. I know. I'm sorry. No, but uh, I, I wanted yeah. to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, I knew. Family. I yeah. knew. You've lived with me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, and, and, and people don't realize that's Christianity. Christianity mm-hmm. is, you know, Stephanie, you're my sister in Christ, and I love you, and and I'm there for you, and we've had, you and I've had some hard talks. <laughs> uh, you've you've challenged me. You've mm-hmm. said, uh, man, I don't think you should go with that. Um <laughs> You know, um, and, and we've been blessed by each other mm-hmm. and it's not perfect and it's messy and it's not easy, but the Christian life transformation does not happen from an altar call. Yeah. It happens from relationship. Yeah. And, and, and he said, well, Pastor Matt, you should give an altar call. Okay. Jesus didn't, God didn't send an altar call. He sent his son. Mm-hmm. And he Relationships people, yeah. change people. Yeah. And, and, and that's how we change people. And, um, yeah. And, uh, so sorry I made you cry, but, no, but, okay. but that's, that, that's life. That's, yeah. you know, that, that, that's how we do this. And so, um, and I would say on that same tone too, even back to, you know, Bailey's question, what she, where she's getting nervous is what she's seeing on social media yeah. and social media will show you the things that it knows you want to look at. Yeah. And so for you, your social media is full of videos about the end times because you've seen those before you looked at them. So it's telling you, this is everything that's out there. Mine is not, yeah. there's more out there and just be aware of the the way that social media is built to show you the things that it wants you to see. And it mm-hmm. makes you think that's all that's out there. Yeah. Get into relationship with people who see differently. Look at the Bible for yourself. Get yeah. out of, I think it's cause I do this all the time. I'll spend time on TikTok and I'll do, I need to get off of here yeah. because this is, it's telling me things that I think it thinks I want to hear. Mm-hmm. And you all of a sudden spend a couple hours on there and you're getting real weird about what I you know. believe and what you think. And, and it makes you think that's what everyone thinks. Absolutely. And, and so, so here's the, here's the problem with social media. And I, and I don't know what the right answer is because you know, I'm a libertarian at heart. And so I may not agree with what you do, but I want to live in a country where I get to be who I want to be. And you get to be 
who you want to be as long as long as that doesn't negatively affect either of us. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of of morally making people live like me, and I don't want you to make me live like you. Yeah. Uh, that's the beauty of America. Those white dudes with wigs, they they got a few things right, and that was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we need to stand up for that. But but the problem is, you know, these algorithms they know that two two things really affect you. So enragement mm-hmm. leads to engagement. So if it can make you mad. That's what the computer program knows. And the other thing is if it can make you afraid. Yeah. And so, and then there's sex. So, so en- enragement, fear, and then horniness, right? So those are the <laughs> things that, that it knows that it can, it can lure you in. Mm-hmm. And, and so their advertising dollars are, are based upon eyes watching. Yeah. And, and so, time you're willing to so they thing. don't care. They don't care about your mental health. They mm-hmm. want you to stare at that thing all day long. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and so that, and so, and so this is a big problem. This is the problem with free. Everybody wants everything for free, so these companies have to make money. Mm-hmm. And so when we used to pay for television and, and there used to be advertisers, right, there were limitations on what you could show because they realized when they'd gone too far, now when it's so specific and it's mm-hmm. just you and the privacy of your own home, mm-hmm. man, let it go. Yeah. And so now you think every, oh, everybody, yeah. you know, all might I'm be, seeing is this. Yeah, this must, this be, must be the end time. time. Yeah. And so, you know, and it's like, oh, my gosh, what the other day, Euphrates River's drying. They're irrigating it. You know, the book of Revelation says it's like, oh, my gosh, they're irrigating it, you know, and, and nothing on my social media has told me about the oh, Euphrates River. Yeah. <laughs> so so so, you know, Bailey, are we in the end times? Yeah, we have been for 2000 years. Could Jesus return tomorrow? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but none of these guys, gals, they're never right. They're never right. And nobody goes back and apologizes to all the poor Seventh-day Adventists that sold everything and sat on their roofs waiting, I think it was in the 1920s, for Jesus' imminent return. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awkward. Yeah. You know, you yeah, sold everything you had and you were sitting on the roof because, you know, Jesus can't lift you up out of your, off the floor. You got to. He's going to pull people out of the grave. Yeah. You know, you got to, you know, Jesus is, you know, he could come out of the dead, but he can't lift me off the ground. I got to help him. And, and, and there's multiple movements like this, you know, mm-hmm. out of the Schofield Bible in this. Oh, my gosh. And so when you when you read those scriptures through the Schofield lens, guess what you see? That's all. Wow. There it is again. We are all looking for evidence to support what we already believe. Mm-hmm. That's what social media does. Mm-hmm. Is it it? It's, you know, so th- this one thing happened, so this must be true. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, this is why, you know, there's, there's, um, you know, people think we're more racist when we're not, it's way less racist, but, but because social media is affirming these things, oh, mm-hmm. this must be happening everywhere. Uh, you know, some Christian was persecuted that, oh, this is happening everywhere. And it's like, look, you know, it's, it's just generating whatever's going to get you to stay on. And we need to know that. So, mm-hmm. so Bailey, I'm sorry. Um, you know, um, and, and I did teach on Revelation, what, a year and a half ago? 2020. Yeah, 2020, I did teach on it. No, but nobody cared because the, th- people thought the pandemic was over. I just timed <laughs> that series poorly, you know. I wish Putin would have called me, and then I would have known, oh, we got to wait until you invade. Um, <laughs> you know, nobody knows who Gog and Magog is. It, I hear all this, it's like, okay, you know. And, and it changes, and it has changed, you know, from century to century. You know, a lot of people thought Genghis Khan was Gog and Magog. Well, nobody cares about Genghis anymore because he's dead. And Mongolia doesn't have a, an awesome army, but they did it one time and they were convinced that's who that was. And so, you know, th- these things change based upon, you know, whatever the current enemy is. And so, yeah. yeah. But Jesus is coming, yeah. Bailey. <laughs> Young people today who just feel like they can't, they can't be a person of faith and hold to science. How do you do that? Because you're both. So... I grew up not really even knowing or thinking 
there was a conflict. Okay. So I went to public school from, from, you know, first grade through my PhD. Okay. Everything. Um, so, so you was, didn't have professors that were anti-God when you were in school? Um, I did. Yes. No, I did in graduate schools where I started to run into them, amazingly so. And and when I was working on my master's at Texas A&M, and a and is supposed to be a fairly conservative public school, but I ran into mm. some issues with other... And I was really horrible at debating science and religion. Um, mm. my first, so my first year as a grad student, uh, we had a, a, one main office kind of where all the physics grad students were, and uh, I was kind of trapped in the corner, and there was this really good atheist on this side. I mean, this really good atheist on this side. And what I mean by is, if you looked at the bookshelf, they both have Bibles on their bookshelf. Wow. They loved getting arguments, and they loved to destroy you and try to use science to destroy the Bible. Wow. And so um, I would all I would constantly, I guess, argue, debate with them like that. And I don't think I was good at it all. And and mm. my other friends who were Christians in the department said, why do you, why do you even debate with them? Shut mm. up. You're going to get killed. It's two on one, and they're ready for you. Yeah, you know, yeah. They've prepared everything. And they were really good at this. And I finally figured out um, – and my other Christian friend said, quit debating, quit debating. I go, I lost, didn't I? I lost. Yeah. <laughs> I lost. I'm losing the baits, aren't I? You know? And then what happened was before I left and came out here to finish my PhD at UCR, um, I kind of won the last debate. I mm. asked my other friends, I go, I went, no, no, yeah, yeah. I'm, so I'm going to walk away a winner. Like I'm yeah, not going to yeah. have any more debates with them. I, I think I won the last one. I'm going mm. away. But it took me a long time to figure out there was even this world of uh, this world of science and faith and science and religion like like it was like it was in academia to have mm. these discussions it was just i was just having these debates with other um graduate students in physics who were atheists right mm. and um and so i didn't know the terminology either and i finally figured out what they thought about me right and that's why i couldn't understand and respond to their questions it's called um it's called god of the gaps theory mm. And I don't really know very many Christian scientists who all who have that theory, but I found realize that atheists think that the God of Gaps theory is this: that the only reason why you or I believe in God, or the only reason why a scientist believes in God, mm. is because there's unanswered questions of science. Right. Science can't explain this yet, so you need a God. As right. soon as science can explain everything in nature, mm. there's no need for a God. I've never thought that, but it right. took me forever to figure out that's what they were saying. Okay. And all their arguments they were trying to show, let's see, once we find the Higgs particle, which is now found. I, yeah. I can still remember one debate with them saying, once we find the top quark, the bottom quark, and the Higgs particle, it's all over with. Now we have found all of it. Physics is done. The world's over with. No need for a God. Right. And that was assuming that I believe in God because, because there are some questions yeah. science hasn't answered yet. I'm like, mm. That isn't why I believe in God, but I didn't really grasp that mm. God of the gaps theory. Yeah, and and you're old enough to kind of see the pendulum swinging back where scientists, you know, I think the majority were anti-God, but now they're they're kind of scratching their heads, going with with the uh, you know with the breaking down of the the DNA sequence and stuff like that, where they're seeing code and they're kind of going, okay, wait a minute, this 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 certainly looks like a, a it's been programmed. By and they might not use the word God, but some form of higher higher intelligence. Um, are you seeing that or no? So I mean, I've seen that um, in my area of astrophysics with Big Bang theory and so mm. forth. I've seen that, and in genetics, I'm really interested in genetics, by the way. Okay, and and um, um, 
I can talk about more of that later because yeah. I think there's an audience question that involves uh, some ideas I had about genetics. So I've actually gone to, uh, got some money from the Human Genome Project just to study. Mm. You know, I'm a physicist, not a geneticist, but I wanted to get educated on it and bring yeah. some of it back. And I brought what I learned about genetics back into my class, my mm. science and faith classes too. Um, but yes, it's there's a thing called the anthropic principle. It basically means what are all the things in nature that have to be extremely finely tuned right. for us to be here. Mm -hmm. Some of these things, if like, for example, if, if uh, uh, the neutron is slightly, slightly more massive than the proton, you reverse it and no universe, right. essentially. Wow. Um, there's now when they first, when people first started coming up with all these different things that you slightly change, like if gravity was slightly weaker we would have expanded and stars would never form. A strike, a, a, a it was slightly stronger. The universe would have already collapsed on itself. The mm. universe wouldn't be here. Mm. There was about 29 when this kind of became very popular decades ago. It's like these 29 different principles. Now, what are the odds that these are all this finely tuned? Right. And the odds aren't one in a million, one in a billion, one in a trillion. They're one in a trillion, 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 trillion. Yeah, yeah. They're like ridiculous odds. Yeah. And if you talk to statisticians at some point, it's like we just say there's no chance of right. this happening. And this is where um, infinity comes in. Mm -hmm. So where an atheist comes in, and by the way, there's more than 29 things. There's People have come up with over 100. There's yeah. over 100 different variables in nature, including genetics, stuff like this, that either humans wouldn't be here or even the universe wouldn't be here mm -hmm. um, if just one of these goes wrong. So we're super fine-tuned. The, the odds that we're here are so astronomical that it's hard to believe we're here. It's 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 much easier to believe in a creator than not to believe in a creator mm -hmm. because the odds are just against it being a fluke. Right. You know, and um so uh what what was I? I don't know, you're the genius. <laughs> anyway, so so I uh um so so this principle is basically the the issue that um are, are you, oh, infinity, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So what you, what you have is, but if you give, here, here's what you get. If you give an infinite number of attempts, the probability is one we're here. That's the argument right. of the atheistic uh, mm. philosophers of science. Yeah. Of Earth. If you give an, if the universe has an infinite number of attempts, the problem is with that, and that I bring up a lot of time with physicists mm. is, there's no such thing as infinity. Infinity right. is not a real number. It's a construct. It's a concept. It doesn't exist. Mm. But yet with these multiverse theories out there, there's an infinite number of universes. Right. There, there's an infinite number of Matt Browns out there. Mm. There's an infinite number of... And we all know there can only be one. Yeah. Except for the MMA fighter who knocked out his opponent this weekend, I got to say. Did you guys <laughs> see that Matt Brown one? Yeah. He's been losing. So it's been tough. Every time he gets knocked out, everyone texts me like it's me. So sorry. But there is an MMA fighter named Matt Brown. That's great. <laughs> so, um, and the problem is you need infinity um, to get a lot of these theories to work. And you will have, and the, and the people that mostly will say things against infinities are mathematicians, not physicists. It's like the physicists love it. And you'll have some famous mathematicians who get quit quit using infinity so much right you're, you're treating infinity like it really exists yeah and i don't believe there's an infinite number of anything mm. but infinities are often needed to get over this idea that um to work it's highly in like to work around it's highly unlikely we're here without a creator what i say this to work around the mathematical improbability right. so so what you have to do is throw out math because that's what infinity is right so math is gone because we have this number that goes on forever so 
You're nodding. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So Infinity's yeah. not on the real number. Like that line. was my best shot at brilliance. Yeah. No, so Infinity I, I'm is looking not on for affirmation. Yeah. You guys were always very clear about boundaries and expectations. Thinking back, uh, initial conversations, I remember being like, you guys would always be like, you're allowed to have a Valentine, and so. I think I always had a Valentine every year on yeah. top of you being my Valentine. So, well, you were very social, much more social than your siblings. Yeah. I was a little extroverted out there. Not anymore. Adulthood has made me yeah. just every year. I feel like I'm more of a shut in, but mm. it's okay. Um, no, I feel like you guys made very good boundaries and expectations. I think my favorite conversations were, it was never, well, not that you didn't say this, but you saying this wasn't the main point was like, I made mistakes, so now I don't want you to make them. That was a part of the conversation, but I feel like the heart of it every time you guys would share, and mostly you, would be just that every every heartbreak leaves baggage every mm -hmm. time. And so why would you not, when oh, you yeah. can fully date, fully go out there, fully figure it out, have the least amount of hurt and heartbreak and bad experiences? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that didn't click for me until high school, until said boy yeah made me have a hard year like I feel like that I just would have taken you seriously so yeah. much of being little and mm -hmm. young just felt like your parents don't know anything mm -hmm. and that yeah like I said every year into adulthood has been like wow they were so right yeah and and, and and what I would say this is to Arlena is I was trying to spare my children the heartbreak yeah of those early romances and so you know I'm you know I remember vividly my first girlfriend you know like oh my gosh all the feels all mm -hmm. the oh this is incredible my first kiss and then 10 days later she's done yeah and I'm like like I've already jumped off the cliff like I'm like Oh, but I'm falling alone. And so, and that happened multiple times. Mm -hmm. And I think it jaded my heart towards women mm -hmm. um, because um, I, you know, I, I was that kid that was like your brother, all in, um, <laughs> you know. Falls uh, off a cliff every other yeah, day. Yeah, falls off a cliff, you know, all in. And so I, I just tried to spare you from that. And then I, when I was, you know, 18 and I started dating seriously, you know, I didn't make it until I got married to have sex. And I told you guys, I feel like that was one of the greatest failures of my life. And mm -hmm. I wanted to give you the best opportunity to experience sex within the context of marriage. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I knew that would be your choice, mm -hmm. but, um, I feel like I, I wish I would have listened. And so I talked to you guys about, and your mom and I talked to you guys about our, our failures and our mm -hmm. mistakes and our hopes and dreams for you. But ultimately it doesn't matter what we hope or dream. It's about you and, and mm -hmm. what you desire and your choices. And so I think early on, you have to manage that very closely and then you have to start to release. And uh, I remember uh, you graduated from college. I'm like, uh, Maddie, we need to be dating. And you were like, <laughs> ah. so we, it flipped, like it flipped. It went from me being this linebacker protecting you to, I'm like, you know, a girl, you got to put the vibe out, you know? Yeah. So have you heard of this guy? He yeah. seems nice. Yeah. You should reach out to him. Yeah. No, I was, I was like your agent, man. I was like, Hey, yeah. So, cause I thought you were beautiful and amazing and, and incredible. And ultimately, right. God was uh, working in your life mm -hmm. and, and ultimately brought, um, Logan into our lives, which, which we love. Um, but yeah. I thought that that was something that was really important. You know, your sister was a little different cause she was so introverted. Um, she mm -hmm. was a little easier cause you were very social. Um, you know, so each kid is, each kid is different, but, but just be clear. And what I would say as parents is be as honest as you can and open as with you can mm -hmm. so that your kids always know, I may not agree with mom and dad, but they're the most honest with me yeah. and they're the most real with me. And, and I tried to explain to you guys why I disagreed with what your other friends' parents were doing. And, and here's the thing that I learned is most parents are cowards. And so like you would want to go do something and all 10 of your friends are going. And I'm like, no. Yeah. And you, boo. 
And then I would have three <laughs> parents call me. Oh, thank you so much for saying no. I wasn't comfortable with this. I was like, are you kidding me? Parents give in to peer pressure. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's stupid. And so I would never allow you to spend the night with a girlfriend if they had an older brother. Yeah. I was like, there's no way because many of the things that happened to me when I was exposed to porn, when I saw things I shouldn't have seen, Mm -hmm. it was never my friends my age. It was always their older siblings that were doing Mm -hmm. things that they shouldn't have done. And that's what got me into trouble and and really pushed me into an area, you know, where I I remember being at my friend's house and Mm -hmm. we're going to put a movie on. And I'm like, oh, I'm just sitting there. And all of a sudden it's naked people. And I'm like, what? Yeah. You know, I just wasn't ready for that. And here's the sad thing. I wasn't even interested, mm-hmm. but I was now I'm exposed. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that was older siblings. So I really challenged you guys on that. And, um, and, and, and parents are probably too, a little too paranoid now, but have conversation with parents. Here's the expectations that we have. Um, and, and so I made lots of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to the debrief podcast with Matt Brown. If you enjoyed this episode, consider liking, subscribing, and sharing it with a friend. If you would like to submit a question to Pastor Matt, you can do so at move.sc ask. And if you would like to support the work we are doing, consider donating at donate.sc. Thank you again and have a blessed day.